Uh, hi, my name is Awa and I'll be doing the second Bible reading. Um, it comes from John chapter 14, verse 23 to 31. Um, it can be found on page 1,129. I can follow up on the board. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Ola. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've been reflecting on the theme for this Christmas season, the paradox of Christmas. Two weeks ago, we looked at the topic, God being so distant, so transcendent, so beyond us, above us, but yet he's come close in Jesus, Emmanuel. That was two weeks ago. Last week, we looked at the, the topic, uh, lost yet found. You see, the, the purpose of Christmas was to find us who are lost people, that we might be found by God and that we might find God. Now we're looking at this topic, chaos yet peace, and it'll get us to reflect on our lives and this world, and tonight we'll reflect on the topic, weakness yet power. Jesus comes to us in weakness but yet of incredible power. But now we're going to look at this chaos yet peace. Um, and again, let's join our hearts and pray that we might reflect well upon this and what it means for us this Christmas season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we reflect on the passages of Isaiah and John, you might help us to see the peace that we can have at Christmas, the peace that has come because of the Prince of Peace. And so we pray, Lord, that you'll open up our hearts to receive what we can. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, how are you all feeling at this time and this season of year? What's going on in your minds? Are you carefree, without any worries, or is your mind just racing away, so busy, busy? And what's happening on your heart? Is your heart agitated? worried, anxious at this time of year? Or is it feeling settled, at rest, and at peace? And so how are you feeling at this time of year? I suspect some of us might be a bit worried still. It's the 22nd, it's only three more days before Christmas, and some of us, we haven't got all the Christmas presents yet, and we're a bit worried we're worried, what should I get? What should I get for that person? Will they like it? And we might be a bit worried about that. Some of us might be thinking, well, should we have turkey or ham this year? They don't know, hard to decide. What is it? 
Some of us might be, who should I invite to, to the Christmas lunch, to the Christmas dinner? Should we invite Uncle Tom again? He was a bit awkward last year, so we invite him back. Some of us might be thinking about the holidays. Have we booked everything yet? Is everything sorted? It's all organized. And then Christmas Day comes, and, and you can just feel the stress building, the, the blood pressure increasing. And it is a season of life where it can be just like that, restless, agitated. And so how are you feeling now? It's strange, isn't it? Because it's a season where we sing in our carols. We sing about it. We sing about peace. In the carol, it came upon the midnight clear, peace on earth, goodwill to men from heaven's all-glorious king. We sing about peace, but it seems like there's so little peace. And we not only sing about it, the Bible teaches about it, doesn't it? The Bible, the angels, they declared glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And so the Bible proclaims it. We sing about peace, but is that how we feel? One American pastor and author, Tozer, he once said this. He said, Christ came to bring peace, and we celebrate his coming by making peace impossible for six weeks of the year. And I wonder whether that's your experience at this time. Where we sing about it, we read about it, we, we do believe it, but yet, is it what we feel? And so how are you feeling at this time of year? Well, I suspect that you're probably just a bit like me. Whatever we feel, what we do want is peace. We long for peace, we yearn for peace, especially now. A peace that's unwavering, a peace that's unshakable, a peace where it's not dependent upon the circumstances around me, that I can still feel peace. And do you know why that's the case, why we long for peace, why we yearn for peace? It's because it's been said it's the deepest cry of all humanity. It's the existential cry that we all have for shalom, that we might feel peace that sense that whatever circumstances i have still a sure and steady anchor the winds will continue to buffet the waves will continue to rage but yet i can still feel and know peace i'm at rest and i suspect you want that just like me especially at this time of year but then you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out that we, in fact, live in a world where we are faced with chaos all the time. All the time. There is no peace. You turn on the news and they say, good evening. But then they spend the next 30 minutes telling you how bad an evening it is. Where is peace? I mean, there's chaos everywhere. Just look at the things that's been happening in our world this year. The, the protests in Hong Kong, are they still happening? It's still happening, isn't it? It hasn't ended. It's still going on. It's been going on since March. And already, 2,600 people injured, over 2,600 people injured, over 6,000 people arrested, two people killed. And you wonder, where's the peace? You look at the world, it's chaotic. 
Where's the peace? And what about in Syria? Many of us probably forgot about Syria, what's been happening there, the civil war. It's been going on since March of 2011. It's been going on for eight years already. There's still no peace there. Bombs are still being dropped just the other day. 24 civilians were killed, including children. And the UN, they estimate that six and a half million displaced refugees are living in Syria. Just within Syria, six and a half million. And you look at the world, you, you read news like that, and you think, where's the peace that is promised? And they're much ho closer to home. And what's happening in, in our nation, in New South Wales and Queensland and Tasmania and parts of Victoria, raging bushfires. It's out of control. It's really out of control. It's been estimated that the size of the bushfires is seven times the size of Singapore. It's crazy. Of course, we need to pray for the firefighters and all the emergency services. We need to pray. We need to pray for rain, for God controls the weather. But yet, you look at that and you think, where's the peace? There's no peace this Christmas for so many. Homes destroyed, communities devastated, and some have even lost their lives. And you just, you just worry for the families that they've left behind. And then on top of that, even closer to home, not all Christmas lunches and Christmas dinners are peaceful, are they? Some are filled with tension, fractured relationships. Some feel alone with no one to share Christmas with. Some missing loved ones. And so you just think, even much closer to home, there's no peace perhaps even for some of us in here. And what do we say? We still say Merry Christmas, don't we? How do you make sense of that? And so how do you make sense of that? Did someone make a mistake about Christmas? Did the Christians get it wrong? Or did the angels get it wrong? They proclaimed peace. Did they get it wrong? Or did the Bible get it wrong? Well, you see, the Bible is under no illusion about the state of this world. The Bible is under no illusion about the affairs of this world and the, the darkness of this world. Recently, I've had quite a few conversations with elderly members of our community. And I was trying to share with them about Jesus and about, about God and the Bible. And many of these elderly members of our community who are, who are not yet believers, they say to me that they look at the world and they see chaos. They see pain and they see suffering. They see brokenness and they don't see any peace. And so they say, there is therefore no God. But if you throw away God, you throw away Christmas as well. But you can understand why they say that. So much wrong with this world, so there is no God. But those who think that way do not in fact see that God himself is under no illusion about the darkness of this world. Look at what God says in our first reading, some 700 years before the first Christmas. God describes the world as though it is walking in darkness, blindly, ignorantly, not even knowing the God who placed us here, and morally in the dark, which is why there is so much evil and pain and suffering, 
which is why we still need a police force, which is why we still need jails. And so in Isaiah, we read, God says, The people are walking in darkness. They are living in the land of the shadow of death. You see, God is under no illusion about the suffering of this world, about the chaos of this world. You see, that's a picture there of impenetrable gloom, of pitch blackness, of despair, and of hopelessness. That's God's assessment of the world. It is that bad. But yet we long for peace. But we face a world of chaos. Now what I'm going to say now may be news to some of you. You see, because the, the heart of the chaos is not just what happens out there. What gives the blackness to the darkness is not just a world that's run amok. It's not just fractured relationships between neighbours and friends and family. At its heart, the heart of the darkness is a fractured and broken relationship with God himself. We've forgotten that God is God and we're not. We've forgotten that God is in control and we're not. And that's why we're walking in darkness. We run this world like we see fit as lords and kings and queens. We think we can bring peace. I mean, you hear about it all the time. We think as humankind, we can bring peace by our own powers, by our own intelligence, by our own efforts and education and technology. But can we just look back on world history? The more advanced with technology that we've become, did it bring us more peace? It can't remove any evil or suffering at all. Take, for example, social media now. That's meant to bring people together. But what it's done, it's isolated people even more, created new ways of bullying, of harassing. And with new technology, what have we got now? We've just invented new weapons and new ways of killing each other. It doesn't help. Technology will not bring peace. Or the more educated the world has become, it doesn't remove evil or suffering. Education does not bring peace. What you get is more educated, greedy people, more educated ways of being deceptive and proud and self-righteous. And whatever you make about climate change, whatever you believe about that, even if that was resolved overnight, it does not change the human heart. People will still abuse and use. There's no peace. Peace cannot come from us. We cry for it, but it cannot come from within us. But now suppose that in the pitch blackness, suppose in the darkness there is in fact a light that appears, a peace that comes, a peace that changes everything, a peace that we deeply long for and yearn for, because that's exactly what was promised. But you see, it won't be a peace that comes from within us. It won't be something that we achieve or do. Do you notice that the verse I read before in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it was in fact incomplete. Do you notice that? It's incomplete. The full verse goes like this. 
the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So this light has come from the outside, not from within. In fact, this light has come from outside this world. But what is this light that brings the peace that we long for, this peace from without? Well, a few verses down, we read it. In verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Now, I want you to reflect on that. Does that shock you a bit? It should shock us. Because how is it possible that the hopes of the whole world is bound up with a child? How is that possible? How is it possible that the peace we long for will come from a child? How can that son be able to be that sure and steady anchor that we all want? What kind of child must it be to be able to bear such a burden? I mean, those of you who are parents, I'm a parent, I've got three kids. And obviously as parents, we want our children to do well in life. I would like my kids to grow up to love the Lord and, and do a lot of good things. And hopefully, even if God grants them, leave this world a better place. They've achieved much, accomplished much. But it would be delusional of me. It would be absurd of me to say, it will be my daughter or my sons who will bring peace to this world. In fact, it will be crazy for any parent to say such a thing. It will be absurd for any parent to say such a thing. Unless, of course, you're God. God can say such a thing. And look at what God says about his son. He says in that same verse, And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For it is God who is our ruler, our guide, our king, our saviour, the one who can bring peace, not from us, out of this world. It comes from God. And that is why peace is proclaimed at Christmas time. Because 700 years after that prophecy, the birth of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the light has dawned and a son is given. And what did he do? Well, Jesus Christ, he left the glory of heaven. He entered into this chaotic, messy, broken world. He came and he walked with us to be with us and to be for us. He came and he experienced poverty. Those of us who are poorer, well, Jesus understands what it means to be poor. He had a family, and at some point they did not even take him seriously. He was betrayed by friends. Those of us who felt betrayal, he was betrayed, he understands. He experienced the abuse of the authorities. He was manhandled by the police. He experienced the injustice of the judge. And ultimately, he was executed by torture. Jesus came and experienced the brokenness, the chaos, the messiness of this world. But yet, he promises peace. 
peace and light where there is darkness. And what does that mean? It means now for us who know him and understand what Christmas is about, it means now a restored and reconciled relationship with God in heaven. The longing for peace, our longing, comes when we have peace with God, when we are right with God. And you notice in the kids' talk before, once their relationship with God was destroyed, it destroyed all their other relationships. Once our relationship with God is restored, it will start to fix our other relationships. And it will mean that I'll never have to feel lonely at all as a Christian, for God is with me always and will never forsake me. It will mean that I'll never need to feel unloved and uncared for, for God loves me and Christmas is that proof. It means that even in the stress and the worries and the anxieties of life, and especially this season, I can know and sense that I can be at rest. I can have peace because I belong to God. And that was, you see, what Jesus promised his own disciples. Later on in life, Jesus promised his disciples in our second reading. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. You see, Jesus is making clear there, the world will not grant you the peace you want. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And it's why Augustine, he, he rightly said once, he said, one of the church fathers, because you have made us for yourself, O Lord, our hearts are restless until they find rest in thee. You see, it's saying we will always feel chaos and unsettled unless we find rest with God, unless we find our place with God. And that's the promise of Christmas. It's not just us and each other. It's, in fact, about us and God. And so let me ask you again, how are you feeling at this time of year? Do you, in fact, have peace? Because, you see, you can. No doubt it will still be chaotic in life. This season will still be crazy. But we can have peace ultimately because of Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. And Christmas reminds us that in this frantic, chaotic world, with all the stress and busyness and worries, the protests may still continue to happen but we pray that it will end. The fires are still burning, but we pray that it will stop. The wars will still rage, though we pray it will cease. It will happen. But at least I can live my life with the peace that comes from God. I can live this season with that sure and steady anchor. For the Prince of Peace has come and is come to be with us and for us. And so let me ask you again, how are you feeling this time of year? Is Jesus your Prince of Peace? Do you in fact have peace? Because you can. It was last time around this time of year, I visited one of the elderly members of our church, one of the senior women, 
Uh, she's been part of our church for many years, but her health has meant that she can't be with us each week. And throughout the year, she lives alone. She's in her 90s. Now, what type of life do you expect that to be? Living alone in your 90s. The world would say, well, that's a bit miserable, a bit alienated, a bit lonely. But not for her. Not for her at all. Because each time Yvonne and myself, we get to visit her. In fact, yesterday I had a chat with her over the phone. She would say, have a blessed Christmas. But you can see, even though she's living alone in her 90s, her life is filled with peace. You can't have that peace unless you know the Prince of Peace. And she knows the Prince of Peace. And around this time last year when we visited her, there was this Christmas card that she showed us. And I wrote down the words of this Christmas card. It's beautiful. It's got a poem inside that, that reads like this. Jesus Christ, he made every star and galaxy. His birth fulfilled each prophecy. His power made the blind see. His sacrifice set people free. His resurrection proved to be the turning point of history, rejoicing in the life-giving hope of Jesus at Christmas. Why can you believe such a thing? Why can you feel that deep sense of peace that we long for and yearn for? Because Jesus is that Prince of Peace. And if he's your Prince of Peace, you can have peace with God. And so how are you feeling at this time of year? It will still be frantic around us, but inside, what's happening? Do you have peace? Well, the Prince of Peace has come. In the midst of chaos, there is peace. And that is why we can sing carols and we can mean it. And we're going to sing joy to the world, and we can mean it. Joy to the world. Why? The Lord is come. The Prince of Peace has come. Let's pray and we'll sing.